woke up this morning, and I'm still black. The vote is precious. It is almost sacred. It's the most powerful, nonviolent tool we have in a democratic society, and we got to use it. By John Lewis. First and foremost, I hope you and yours are both healthy and safe. In this episode, we're going to discuss the 2020 election between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. To add some color to this election, I spoke with a few black professionals and asked them some questions about their thoughts on this extremely important election. I spoke with Kevin Washington, a married man who's retired and a father of three daughters, two adults and one teenager. Jovan Rhodes, a married professional who has two children, a daughter and a son, and Felicia McLean, a single professional mother of a college-age son and a teenage daughter. But before I get into the interviews and share their thoughts, let's go back to the beginning and discuss where it all started. The 15th Amendment in 1870 gave black men the right to vote. And 50 years later, the 19th Amendment in 1920 gave black women the right to vote. After the Civil War, almost all blacks considered themselves Republicans. After all, the Republican Party was started by abolitionists and was the party of Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, who obviously signed the Emancipation Proclamation, which set free slaves and by doing that engendered a tremendous amount of allegiance to the Republican Party. While on the other side, Democrats during this time were strongly opposed to rights for blacks, and this held for almost a century thereafter. Blacks were not even allowed to attend the Democratic Convention until 1924. So what actually created the shift from the Republican Party to the Democratic Party for blacks? Well, the shift happened during the Great Depression in 1930. Franklin Roosevelt proposed the New Deal. The New Deal was designed to help disadvantaged and minority communities find work. After this plan took hold, 71% of African Americans voted Democratic, even though only 44% considered themselves Democrats. In 1948, Democrat Harry S. Truman desegregated the military in addition to signing an executive order prohibiting racial discrimination in federal employment. Now, it was the civil rights legislation proposed by John F. Kennedy and Lyndon B. Johnson that solidified the black vote for the Democratic Party. JFK proposed it and Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which outlawed public discrimination. Johnson also signed the Voting Rights Act of 1965. So with all of this Democratic-led legislation, over the last 40 years, black Americans have consistently voted overwhelmingly for Democratic presidential candidates. The most votes any Republican has ever received from the black community was Gerald Ford in 1976 with 15% of the black vote. We all know that the road has never been smooth, and it was the same with the right to vote. Back in the day, blacks faced poll taxes and the grandfather clause. For those who don't know what the grandfather clause is, it was a clause that stipulated that men could only vote 
if their linear ancestor could vote before 1866, which basically wiped any and all slaves from voting. This was a clause that basically lived in the South. Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Virginia, but also made its way a little bit north to Maryland. This law stood until 1915, when it was finally overturned by the Supreme Court. You also had literacy tests, whites-only primaries, and just outright violence to prevent blacks from voting. This was the past. So most would believe race relations have improved, and we as black people have seen positive change in society here in the U.S. But have things truly gotten better? In 2013, there was a Supreme Court decision, Shelby County, Alabama versus Holder. The Supreme Court voted 5-2 to two to strike down Section 4B of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. The Voting Rights Act banned racial discriminatory and suppressive voting practices. This section required jurisdictions with a history of racial discriminatory voting policies, low registration rates, low turnout, to receive permission or preclearance from the U.S. Justice Department before enacting any voting restrictions. So since 2013, states that previously had to get clearance to change voting restrictions now have free reign to enact new laws that can make it harder to cast a ballot, restricting early voting, reducing polling places, and requiring voter ID. Now, all of these roadblocks to voting were virtually imposed by Republicans to combat fraud. Which, while I agree, it is important to protect the integrity of our elections. But when you really look at the data and check the facts, the instances of actual voter fraud are virtually nil. A report issued by the Brennan Center, The Truth About Voter Fraud, found that incidents of voter fraud are actually traceable to other sources like clerical errors or bad data matching practices. This report also found incident rates fall between 0.0003% and 0.0025%. As I mentioned, almost nil. So when you hear people talking about voter fraud, please do your research. Find out who the source is and why they want you to believe that there's a potential for a high level of voter fraud when they're never has been. And since the Supreme Court decision of 2013, voter purge rates went up disproportionately in areas that pre-clearance before this law was struck down. As of last year, 2019, 10 states permanently banned people with felonies from voting unless they appeal to have their rights restored. 17 states bar people on parole, probation, or both from voting. 6.1 million Americans disenfranchised due to felony convictions. Who does this impact the most? 1 in 13 are black Americans compared to 1 in 56 that are non-black Americans. COVID-19 has added additional negative impact on minority voters. Closure of government offices where people register to vote or get their IDs have been closed. So there are concerns they are not able to register or find a place to actually deliver their ballot. 
A study conducted by the ACLU and the University of Florida found that mail-in ballots cast by blacks, Latinos, and other non-whites were two times more likely to be rejected, as were ballots by white voters. Now, this has been due to clerical issues or not filling out the form in a proper fashion. And a lot of people suggest that that's because of education on voters' rights and the actual overall process. So when you think about all of these issues that we're seeing, that we were seeing, even today, the idea of voter suppression continues in the U.S. A great example of voter suppression is actually happening right now in Texas. Since the Shelby County, Alabama versus Holder verdict was reversed in 2013, it opened the door for situations such as the Texas governor requiring only one absentee ballot box drop-off location be available in every county, regardless of size. So you have only one ballot box in each county. People have to find a way to get to the ballot box, which may be an hour or hours away. Also, the number of polling places have been reduced due to the fact that there weren't enough poll workers. So you have a number of hurdles that you have to jump over just to participate in the democratic process in the United States. All over the country, you have individuals waiting in line for hours before they can submit their ballots. There are a lot of things that have changed, especially when you think about the past when black Americans couldn't even vote. But there are still countless systemic issues when you think about voting in America right now. With all that said, let's dive into the interviews. I've asked Kevin, Felicia, and Jovan three basic questions to get their views on the 2020 election. First question, when you think about the 2020 election, what's the first thing that comes to mind? First off, I'm going to want to say that uh, to me, every election is important, very important. Um, 2020, unprecedented year, everything going on, pandemic, civil unrest, uh, politics, down the tubes, you know, and I'm looking at the future and I see my kids and what they're going to have to endure going down the line, you know, uh, policies, very important, uh, Supreme Court, very important uh, things that's weighing in the balance when these things come up in the Supreme Court as far as Obamacare and and uh, Roe Ro versus Wade and so many other things uh, it's, it's literally our future and for our kids future is, is in the balance and so uh, voting this election cycle is very very important to me you know but more so for my kids me, I'm 57 years old. Like I said before, I'm retired. Uh, I pretty much have my niche and where I need to be. And uh, I'm not worried about me at all. You know, it's, it's my kids. I, w I would have to say this is a, a very important election, right? I think it's, it's a bunch of BS just to be very transparent, right? I think um, 
just watching it all play out, how it's going, um, the most important piece to me is to make sure we get out there and we do something, right? Because mm-hmm. if we don't, what we're doing is actually accepting the bad behavior that we have. Um, I have been very vocal with my son and his friends to encourage them. And I, I have you know, spoken to all of them because they're all in the age of 20 to say, are you a registered voter? If not, come on, let me teach you. And I have taught them. I sat down with them for the primaries. I made sure my son and his friends did that. And I also made sure when they got their ballots in the mail that we, I sat down with them to walk through exactly what to do because they need to know, they need to know these things. Um, we talk a good game, but sometimes I feel like we don't put in the work. The 2020 election, we're very divisive right now. Very divisive. I, it, it, that troubles me. I would say that in my in my lifetime, I've actually voted for Republican governors. Probably never voted for a Republican president. But in hindsight, looking at Reagan, Bush, Bush two, even if I didn't vote for them, I can look back and say that I didn't think they were racist. I didn't think they were. I didn't think there were bad candidates. I just thought at the time the Democratic candidates were, were better. Even if you look at Reaganomics, which I studied in school extensively, at the time, I could understand how it might have made sense. Or I can understand at the time that might have been the play to make. Not necessarily even from a racial undertone, but from an economical undertone, maybe. This is probably the most divisive I've ever felt about the country from a racial standpoint. And we, and just based off of where we're at, this is a very affluent area. So people got a lot of money around where I'm at. And I never feel like it's about black and white. I feel like it's about the green. People want to know. Yeah. What can you do for them? What's in it for me? What's my next angle? What's my next play? But on a national scale, I feel like this election has just become the, the, the nasty racial overtones. The second question, what's the biggest issue we face going into this election? Democracy, as we see here in the United States, yo, is, is in the toilets right now. Things are going to, things are going to, look. Things are bad now. You know, things, you know, I mean, the country's divided. He's not a healer. You know, mm-hmm. there's no empathy at all with this guy. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's not just enough to, for me to just to say he's a bad guy. Just look at his track record. You know, he's a narcissistic, self-centered dude. Plain and simple, you know. It's all about Trump and that's it. He doesn't even care about his base. And... You wonder why people are so cynical of politics because of the hypocrisy, the lies, you know, it's, 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 it's sad. The sad part about it is racism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think for us, the, the current person, which I like to call COVID-45, right? The current person that we have, right? He, he, um, he's a quote unquote, our fake leader who, He's okay with racism, right? He he embraces it. 
Um, and, and I'm a firm believer that there's a big difference between racism and someone having biased ways. That is a big difference, right? It, it's a big difference. And I think that when you look at this and who we have right now when it comes to racism, I think he has opened it up for everyone to say, it is okay to do what you're currently doing. I support you. I support the bad behavior. I support the cops pulling over people. I support, you know, people going around just beating you up or shooting you for no reason and whatever it is. Um, I, I support that from my white supremacist. And that's my biggest fear that if he is voted in again, where that's going to put us as a country, we're going to be, as, as Black, we're going to be fighting for the rest of our lives for the next four years in many ways. And so I will say this, though. On an international level, the presidency matters a lot. Uh, he is the leader of the free world. We are the most powerful nation, which makes him the leader of the free world. So on an international level, the presidency, the president represents us and that, whether it's summits or whether it's meeting with dictators and the optics of that, how that affects countries that we've had great relationships with for years and decades, and now that's affected. Presidency is important to show empathy, knowledge, the, the cabinet that you put in place, the Secretary of Defense, Foreign Affairs, like that's, that's huge on an international level. And lastly, what are the final thoughts you'd like to share as we move toward the election? Some people are just so downtrodden and they just really don't think it matters, mm -hmm. you know, you know, but, you know, once you know what's going on and you got a family and you pull yourself up by the bootstraps and and you start to see what could be, you know, you get more involved, you know, and this is it has to do about educating yourself. It has to do about the circle of people that's around you and just getting out of that vicious cycle. I'm just talking about mainly for people, minority people that's really feeling the brunt of this. But, you know, it's that when you used to pain, you know, that's that's how that's how people get, you know, they get discouraged. You know, and people that have money, you know, <laughs> when you have money, it makes pain a lot easier. You know, I mean, I, I, I see, I, I'm, I'm looking at the pop culture entertainers getting into politics, and you read about people that 50 years old talk about they voting for the first time. It makes my head spin a little. <laughs> you know, I, I could say a few other things like, oh, yeah, where you been. Also. Uh, it's all about educating yourself. I mean, I, you know, I read, uh, you know, I didn't vote because I didn't understand the process of the electoral college. Hey, man, if you have to find out how much money you're making in your contract, you can go about your business and figure figuring it out. You know, things important to me, like, you know, it used to be once upon a time where I didn't care about the census. They come and I'd slam the door. But this determines how much money goes in your community for program. You know, it's not about invasion of privacy, which you, you know, you know that that's the the thing that people used to think. It's, it's so important, you know. You know, they just voted to shut it down a little early, you know. You know, all these things is done by design. I went and I mailed in my ballot, right? I, and, and I... At first, I wasn't going to do that. And let me just say this last point. At first, I wasn't going to do that. I was actually going to go stand in the line and do that. 
and say, nope, I took off work and everything. I said, I'm going to stand in that line. I need my vote to count. And if my vote don't count or if something happened with the poll, I'm going to go drive my ballot to wherever it needs to go. Something told me not to do that. I said, these polls are going to close. They're going to, a second wave is going to come. They're going to move my poll. I live where I live at is, is, is more, dim, um, more Republicans here. They voted COVID-45 in. I know that. I drive yeah. around my town and I see the signs in front of people's houses, which is mind-boggling to me, right? So I, something told me to mail in my vote. So we sat down, we mailed in our vote. Not only did we, I did that, I tracked my vote. I went right on that website, put in my information, and I've been tracking my ballot, and now see it has been received. Now I'm waiting for it to say accepted. But I know my ballot is there. I know my vote count, and I know they're saying this is the time where more, more, this is the first of more ballots ever that's been mailed in, and I'm happy to see that. But we're not going to have real numbers until the end of this year, which is scary. As a, as a Black man with young kids who watch the news with me at night now that we're home and they watch the news at me, with me at night, and my six-year-old son can look at the screen and say, Daddy, I don't think he's telling the truth. That's a powerful statement to, to, from, from a six-year-old to say, that doesn't sound right. I, I don't think that's the truth. I will say that there's no perfect candidate. And, but I, I, the things that bother me the most about the election, or the things that, to put a positive note, the things that are most important to me about this election mm-hmm. are probably bringing the country back together, affordable health care, race relations, and then in, in the economy. And I know people, people are worried and concerned about jobs, but the world's moving so fast, you got you to gotta, you gotta get with the times. Like, you got to figure out, listen, I can't work in the coal mines anymore. There's no more, there's no more factories. You know, I need to figure out a way to make this money. So do I go back to school? Do I go learn a different trade? Whatever the case may be, those things should be what's important to people. And I think that gets missed because of all this other noise that we just discussed. I would say for me, definitely healthcare, especially considering the pandemic that we're still in and how that was handled. And I see how disproportionately Blacks are affected, whether it's that they had to go back to work before everybody else, or they're flat out just contracting the, the, the virus at a rate that is far exceeding other people. I would say those are the things that are most important to me. There's no such thing as a vote that doesn't matter. It all matters by Barack Obama. First and foremost, I'd like to thank Kevin, Felicia, and Jovan for taking the time to sit down with me. We all know that this is an extremely important election, as all elections are. And like every election, we need to get out and vote. Thank you three for helping me spread the message while sharing your thoughts with my listeners. One last point. To all those who didn't vote in 2016 or who have never voted and feel like your vote doesn't matter, I would strongly disagree. President Trump said at a Grand Rapids, Michigan post-election rally on December 9th of 2016, the African-American community was great to us. He said if they had any doubts, they didn't vote. And that was almost as good. I'm not saying vote for Biden. I'm not saying vote for Trump. 
But what I am saying is vote, period, full stop. Get out and make sure your voice is heard in this election. Don't just focus on the presidential election. There's way more work to be done. Get familiar with your local candidates and make sure you vote in your local election as well as your state elections. Who you vote into the White House is just as important as who you vote for as your mayor, your senator, your congressman, your governor, and judges. You have the power to shape your local and state political landscape. Be a part of that and vote. Also remember that early voting is taking place right now in some states and will soon be over. If you can, I suggest taking advantage of this opportunity. If you need any assistance in finding information on the candidates in your local and state jurisdiction, please take a look at Ballotpedia.org. B-A-L-L-O-T-P-E-D-I-A dot org. It has helped me find the information that I needed to make an informed decision. This election cycle is very important, as is every election cycle, as I said before. Whether it be four years or two years, get involved and stay involved. Get out and vote. In my next episode, Vote Part 2, I will be following up with Kevin, Felicia, and Jovan after the November 3rd election to get their thoughts on the election results. Thank you for taking time to listen to this episode. I woke up this morning and I'm still black.